Hello and welcome to Dan, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. I am Doug, and here's some of my neuroses, acute, mental, and otherwise. Um, let's actually talk about some of the um, neuroses that have kind of come up. We talked. I talked about a couple weeks ago that coming into a management position at the day job, I was afraid of some of my control issues uh, would start to reemerge or come back, and that um, I wasn't as far along in my progress as I thought I was, and that I was really white knuckling it. Um, yesterday was kind of uh, at time of recording. Uh, yesterday was kind of a open my eyes to um, they have kind of reemerged, not in a horrible way, not in a um, hugely detrimental way. Uh, once again, stumbling blocks. I know they're going to be there. Um, it's a matter of, you know, do I regress or do I recognize and acknowledge what's going on and, and fix it or, you know, try to move past it and move forward. And I'm going to go with the latter, of course. Um, once again, I've talked about trying to, you know, give up control um, and that if, you know, I can't control something, then I let it go. Um, can I do anything about it? No. Well, then, you know, moving on. Um, but I realized I was being very under the guise of uh, something else I hate, but under the guise of micromanagement, I was telling people kind of what to do so that they would do it my way. Not the right way, not the wrong way, my way. I kind of realized that uh, halfway through uh, the day and immediately went and apologized uh, to the coworker and said, look, I'm really sorry. I know you don't think I did anything wrong, but I did. Uh, I did. Uh, I did to me. So, and I did to you. So I want you to know, like, you know, this is not going to happen again, and I recognize this, and now that I recognize it, I can get it, a handle on it. So hopefully, you know, I, I won't have any more problems with that, you know, in, in a big, uh, insurmountable way. Um, I wouldn't imagine I would, like I said. I mean, it's really been um, good for me with the therapy and um, recognizing and acknowledging um, things in, in my head, you know. And one of those, it, it's kind of hot on the heels of this, of coming into a position of management is I'm not technically in a position of management. I really have stepped up. I've, I've stepped into a few, taken on more responsibilities to show that I can, and I'm just not being shown the respect or the compensation from the boss. And I'm not going to be passive-aggressive and say, well, if you're not going to do this, then I'm not going to do that. And, you know, I will still show up, do my job to the best of my ability, and leave, but I'm not going to keep putting myself in a position to be taken for granted, or be taken advantage of, or exploited. That's just the end-all, be-all of it. Um, <clears throat> it's something where, um, you know, once again, I've talked in the last couple weeks, that I'm in a holding pattern of a few things, and once I get out of that holding pattern um, and start moving forward with my life, I may not want to be in a position of management at um, the day job because I may be moving on. Uh, sooner rather than later. That's really that. Um, it, it, you know, I don't mind taking on the responsibilities. Um, I'm, I'm good at what I do, but in the times I've done these responsibilities, I've gotten paid for it. I've, I've been given a scrap of authority to be able to um, instigate change or to maintain policy, and right now I don't have that. Um, so why? Why? Why put myself through frustrating day after day and bang my head against the wall when I don't have to? And that was, once again, kind of eye-opening. And it was like, oh, I'm, you know, having these control issues come out because of this frustration. 
that I'm putting myself in and through that I don't have to. So it doesn't make any sense. So I kind of reverse engineered it and went, you know, just don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be frustrated and those control issues won't come out. And it's like, it sounds so simple, but sometimes you have to take the long way around the barn. Let's uh, go into a few. It's going to be, I think, a short episode today. There's not a whole lot going on. Once I had an easy week, I, I would talk more about the control issues, but they're, they're handled. Um, and, and really, once again, under the guise of micromanagement, under the guise of kind of being OCD, and it's like, no, this is the way I want things. It's like, there's no, if it's not, if it's not right versus wrong, if it's mine versus yours, that's not okay. That's not okay. And whether she took offense to it or not, I took offense for her and, and from myself that I did that. So I just have to keep in mind, like, am I telling you this because it's the right or wrong way, or am I telling you this because it's the my my way or your way? I just have to keep that in mind, and it's, it's, it's literally that simple. And that, once again, adds to the progress that I can recognize that and go, okay, hold on. Let me take a step back and really look at this, try to look at this as objectively as humanly possible. Speaking of emotional triggers, uh, the How I Met Your Mother finale was um, this week, I'm sorry, last week, um, and I, you know, there are going to be spoilers here. I'm not going to talk about it uh, critically uh, the way we were going to talk about it on How I Met Your Mother. This is more the emotional trigger side of it, uh, the more in-depth um, look at my emotional reaction to it that I probably didn't talk about a great deal on um, No Applause, Just the Clap. You know, we'll, we'll look at it critically, we'll look at it story-wise, um, we'll look at it, um, you know, our reactions, but um, I want to get a little bit more in-depth. I cried a lot in that 40, whatever, 41 minutes. The two things that really hit me the most um, were Barney having, you know, a daughter and, and meeting her his, his daughter for the first time in the hospital. Um, it made me... Um, think of when my daughter was born and how I held her and I did not say what Barney said to her. He, he said something along the lines of, you know, I love you and everything I have is yours now and forever. I was a bit more me about it and I said, if you ever make me cry this much again, I'm going to disown you. Um, but it was a good cry. I mean, I, it, it wasn't a, everyone went, oh no, like, you know, you know, I don't, I don't see my daughter as much as I'd like to, and part of that is, uh, you know, yeah, I miss her. Um, but the scene from How I Met Your Mother was more about me remembering um, the happiness and, and empathizing with him, and I just started losing it, um, as well as the death of the mother. Um, part of that, you know, can be chalked up to that I've been following the show for almost its entire run. I think I got on on the second season, so I've been following it for eight years. I'm emotionally attached. You know, the mother, this mythic um, ideal, uh, dies. Um, and I kind of, I think part of my brain kind of looked at it coming from um, a, a loneliness standpoint where, you know, finding that person you're, you're going to spend the rest of your life with and you have this life and this house, and that person is taken away by something beyond your control. It's going to come back to control, weirdly. You know, I, I immediately, you know, kind of started going through a bit of the the stages of grief where, I, you know, I went through denial. I was like, no, 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 no. You know, and, and uh, you know, obviously I skipped bargaining and all that. I had to go to, uh, you know, acceptance because it's a TV show for fuck's sake. 
Um, but it was still brutal. Once again, a lot of emotional triggers. You know, I thought early on that they had teased that Ted's mother would die. Um, and, you know, that hit me being that my mom is, is at an age where she's coming to me and saying, here's, you know, a living will, here's this right of attorney, like, you know, we need to start thinking about the financial side of, you know, when I go and I'm going, you know. So there were a lot of emotional triggers on, on how I met your mother. Um, it, it was a tough watch for me uh, based on kind of the ups and downs and then, you know, the, the roller coaster and, and trying to enjoy it. And then afterwards, I just could not kind of snap myself out of it. Um, my brain was going 50 miles a minute. It was rough. I, I, I was still kind of shaky emotionally the next day. Um, today, I'm a lot better. I can talk about this and not get horribly choked up um, thinking about the birth of my daughter, um, you know, which was still a momentous and, and fantastic um, moment in my life that will define me, you know, it, it kind of had a tinge of sadness <clears throat> while, while I was watching. Um, so let's kind of get into the fun stuff coming up from uh, the uh, Debbie Downer portion of the show. I'm still behind uh, in terms of time management and projects with the uh, um, uh, the network. Um, after I'm actually recording this a day early, and then I'm going to edit it the day I would record it, so I kind of get back on track. Um, I had to cut a day off of uh, working on KPAC, and what I'm going to do is, um, instead of working on um, a scene of it on Monday and a scene of it on Friday, I'm going to try to knock out two scenes on Monday um, and kind of clump it in there. Um, and then just get as much as I can done. But I, I, I fell behind. It's time management. It's um, something I'm going to talk about in, in a minute. Something else was kind of taking up my time that was a bit more time intensive than I thought it would be. Uh, and it was my own damn fault. Um, but I'm going to be working on a very a variant cover. Um, I realized I mumbled the word variant uh, a lot on this show as I edit it. Uh, I'll be working ahead on the variant cover on... Um, you know, today and possibly tomorrow. I'm going to try to get some work done on Friday if I have the time. Um, Saturday will be taken up by recording um, No Applause and going to see Captain America 4. I'm sorry, Captain America 2. I pray for a fourth one already. And then I think Sunday I'm going to sit down and we're going to, I'm going to pull together everyone I need for the pilot um, for our next show, Fear Agent, which I've talked about uh, before on this podcast, but um, I just, I fell behind, and it's in my schedule versus, you know, the show and everything else, and every time I think, I'm going to get back on track, I'm going to get back on track, I don't. Um, I end up taking a bunch of stuff out of my watch queue, um, out of my kind of um, Netflix-esque queue, so that I wouldn't have it readily accessible on my computer. That way, if I'm like, war, or I could watch this, well, watching that is not there. It's now inconvenient because it's somewhere else, um, kind of remotely or on the drive. And, um, you know, I made it more complicated for myself to, to fall into sloth. So hopefully that's going to work. What made me fall behind uh, was DMing, was being a dungeon master. Greatly excelled at, obviously, the creative stuff. I love drawing the maps. I love brainstorming the stories. Um, but it's a lot of work. I didn't realize how much work it was to populate this place with creatures and look at the levels and compare this and compare that and um, populate all the magic items and I wanted each of the characters to have kind of personalized weapons, not anything godlike, but um, that they were personal to them so that, you know, if and when they lose them, uh, they, they feel it. I, I want that emotional attachment. So that was my kind of tether 
from um, them personally to the game was these uh, personalized objects, um, some of which were based on um, just stuff in the book. Some were, uh, I based one on a comic book concept from the, um, I believe the 90s, where they reimagined Dr. Fate as like this like kind of Indiana Jones um, character called Fate, who um, uh, is kind of an adventurer. And a few others I just, you know, brainstormed off the top of my head and went, okay, you know, how can I tweak this to be neat and cool and personal? You know, I also had to go through, and once they rolled up their characters, we went through that. Um, there were defenses and modifiers that um, were a little off, so I went back through the last couple of days and kind of fine-tuned everything. Yeah, I've got uh, about two more maps to... Um, to get through, to get me kind of at a point where I'm, I'm happy, um, and then I've got uh, another map outside of that. So about three maps total I need to get done, but um, one of which is not time-sensitive and one is going to be extremely time-intensive, um, which I will talk about later on because as they get closer to these maps, I don't want them to get on this podcast and listen to what I'm thinking. Not that I think they would, but... Um, one, I can say one will be a map, uh, based on something that was a, uh, pop culture touchstone for me, uh, for years and years and years in every iteration. Um, so I know that's vague and I'm sorry for you guys that I can't, uh, be really excited and get all this stuff out. Lastly, it's all about submissions. Um, I've, uh, I said this on No Applause, Just the Clap, uh, a couple weeks ago, I am um, seriously pursuing um, a submission for Season 3 of King of the Nerds. Um, my pitch once again will be kind of, I'm the cool nerd. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily have a huge specialty, but, you know, um, kind of uh, everyday technology, uh, uh, comics and movies uh, would be kind of my in. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd imagine the fact that I have a Captain America backpack full of D&D stuff while I was wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt um, that looks like Goku's vest. I mean, hashtag nerded. Like, you don't get more nerdy than that. I'm going to be doing that. And then I've got a friend who runs a, a poetry magazine, uh, an anthology that was asking for submissions. And I'm going to be uh, looking through some of my um, either older stuff um, to possibly submit stuff that... Um, I ended up uh, reading at, at um, this cafe during uh, the um, free speech readings um, uh, done by Lady Speech, and uh, you know, are there pieces that I had ready and I didn't read them? So I'm going to be submitting those and seeing what happens. And I'm not doing it for for acclaim. I'm doing it to get my work out there. I'm doing it so I feel productive. Uh, it's the same reason I sat down for um, Nano uh, Nano Rimo and finished the novel. Um, I like to knock the, I like to have a list. I like to knock things off of it. And, um, getting some of my work out there would just make me feel like I'm not doing all of this for not. Um, I mean, I know I'm doing the podcast and that takes up a lot of time across the whole network. Um, plus this new D and D thing. And I still have notes for, um, the next, the, the, the sequel novel. Um, plus, you know, uh, another novel I had mentioned uh, called Roots that I want to write. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, I've got, uh, I brainstormed a long time ago, kind of a 12 book, uh, idea where, you know, it's across a year of this character's life. That's it. Um, you know, it's just fun work at this point on the second half of the show. <laughs> 
Um, so from Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I am Doug, and from Doug's Mental Acute, acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my acute, very acute, being of this show, Mental Neuroses. Good night, Internet. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. Executive producers, Deb Barnett and Doug Nickbert. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and BACN Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon, and banjo!